Good morning. Hi, this is Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. There is much to learn about being an overcomer. You're, when you're born again, you're not born knowing it all. In fact, the Bible says, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So there is a lot to learn. And thank God we got the textbook. We got the inspired word of God. And it is so rich. There is so much here. If you begin to see some things from the passage of scripture, I assure you, you haven't seen yet half what is there. It's alive. It's so rich. And it is what your spirit hungers for, not just the ideas of men, but the thoughts of God, the anointed Word of God. It feeds and nourishes your insides. So get your Bible, get something to make a note with, come on into the classroom, and let's receive it today. Father, all of us watching everywhere, we agree together as touching this, asking for answers to specific uh, issues and situations today, asking for grace and help. Uh, you know how. You know beyond us so far, and we're asked for what you know we need. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Look, please, in Hebrews, the third chapter, let's continue in our series that we are calling uh, Overcoming Unbelief. In Hebrews 3, and verse 10, the Lord said, I was grieved with that generation. Talking about the first generation of Israelites that he delivered out of Egyptian bondage. Those are recorded in the Old Testament and Exodus and, and Numbers especially. He said, uh, I was grieved with that generation. And I said, they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. And it wasn't for a lack of him revealing himself to them. It's just they, they chose not to, chose not to know him. He said, I swear in my wrath that they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. All this goes together with unbelief. A, a, a wrong choice, a deception, and a hardness, and a hardening. Uh, the proverb talks about that he that, uh, that's often reproved, who continues to harden his heart, uh, there will be judgment and destruction all at once with no remedy. Why? Well, you had multiple opportunities to listen and get it right, 
Uh, and, and we don't know about each other, but the Lord knows when somebody is never going to change. He sees it. There's a trend. And we see with these ten major times that they wouldn't listen to God, that he told them, well, okay, turn around. Go back into the wilderness. And, and they had forfeited what he had planned for them. You might say, well, you know, why not give them another opportunity how many more? They had ten major events after the ten signs and wonders they saw in, in Egypt. You think twelve would have fixed it? Fifteen? Twenty more opportunities? See, we don't know, but God knows. He sees the heart. And he said, he said they're stiff-necked. They're, they're rebellious. And even after they went into the wilderness, you'll see another time and another time and another time and another time. They did the same thing they had done in those ten times. You're seeing that they're not going to change. And that's why there will be judgment past this life and why not everybody will be saved and not everybody will go to heaven. Do you want somebody living beside you? that's going to be rebellious against God for eternity? No, I don't. Uh-uh. That'd mess heaven up. Right? And the thing is, the scripture said that people that are condemned and judged, they go to the place that was made for the devil and his angels. Hell wasn't made for human beings. But if you don't want God... There's only one other group. There's only one, one other place to go. If you don't want God, you don't, you don't trust Him, you don't believe Him, you're unwilling to submit to Him. Well, it's your choice. God didn't choose it for you. I'm so glad He helped us to make the right choice. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, are you thankful? You ought to be so yes. thankful. You ought to be so, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm not going to hell. I'm not I mean, just being with the devil and his bunch is hell. Is that right? Being with, you know, being in the midst of millions of blaspheming, negative, death-talking uh, people for eons, that's hell. Without the flames. Right? But heaven. Oh, heaven is where everybody loves God. Woo! Hallelujah. Where everybody believes in God. Everybody trusts God. Everybody's submitted to God. Everybody's happy to work for God. Man, that's heaven. I said, that's heaven. And you got the presence of God. Hallelujah. He goes on to say, he said, uh, verse 13, lest you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Verse 15, he says it again. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. The Lord said about these situations, he said, they, uh, they provoked me and they tempted me and tried me. Now, the word provoke can be translated irritate, um, and, and, and wear on. And the reason I bring this up is because 
You have to be disrespectful to do this, to talk like this. Harden not your hearts. Verse 15, today if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. Verse 17, with whom was he grieved 40 years? And see that word grieved uh, is, is another connection to the word provoke. They, their language and their response was uh, wearing and, and irritating and in your face, an attitude, provoking, provocative, and, and, and challenging. Somebody said out loud, disrespectful. 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 And as we saw earlier in the week, that is a big indicator of unbelief. That's how unbelief talks. That's how it acts and reacts. And he goes on to say, To whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not. So we see they could not enter in. Now we know it says because of their unbelief, but what is unbelief made up of? You could also say it like this. They couldn't go into the promised land because of their fear. Right? They couldn't go into the promised land because of their disrespect. And their unthankfulness, that's another way of saying unbelief. What kept them out? Unbelief. Or fear kept them out. Or disrespect kept them out. Go back to Exodus, please. The 14th chapter. You getting something out of this? Yes, sir. Me too. Exodus 14 is the account, this, this first of the ten that we're looking at. And somebody said, well, man, you've been on this one for a while. I may stay on it for longer. <laughs> huh? Well, how long is it going to take us to get to number 10? I don't know. As long as it takes. <laughs> Just keep coming. You got something better to do? Uh, Exodus 14. The Lord told Moses, and he commune, uh, conveyed it to the people, that Pharaoh was going to come after them after they had gotten out of Egypt. They'd just been a few days traveling. and they wound up by the Red Sea here at the direction of God. And verse 10, when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, there they are. The Egyptians marched after them and they were sore afraid. This is walking by sight. Walking by sight, they looked and what they saw and they felt the fear and panic they didn't try to resist it. They just yielded to it. They just let it overwhelm them. And they cried out. In verse 11, they said to Moses, Is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Now that is disrespectful, of course. And unthankful. It's also hypocritical. Because you were just fine with being out of Egypt until a few hours ago. <laughs> Is that right, class? That's hypocritical. Now, why say that? Oh, man, have you seen this kind of thing before? Everything's great as long as it's going great. But then if there's a problem, 
Oh, it's your fault. You know, we should have never tried this. That is someone who is dishonest. Someone who is unthankful. Someone who is full of unbelief. And that kind of person, if they don't change, they won't enjoy the blessings of God. They will be robbed like these people were. I've made up my mind, I don't want to be robbed. How about you? I do not want what happened to them to happen to me. And I know since the Lord told me to watch out for it, with His help, I don't have to let that happen. Right? But I can't just be dumb about it and act like it's not an issue. When he, kept tell, he keeps telling me in 1 Corinthians and in Hebrews 3 and Hebrews 4, he's telling me, watch out. Don't let this happen to you. Watch out. So what are we doing? We're watching out. Is that right? We're going, okay, Lord, show me about this ugly stuff. Let me, let me, let me mark it. Let me identify it. And so when I see any, any indications of this, I'm going into resist mode. I'm going into fight the good fight of faith mode. I'm going into zero tolerance of this ugly stuff called unbelief. And you hear how unbelief talks. Number one, we saw fearful, panic, full of fear. And people would tell you, well, you can't help it if you get afraid. Tell the Lord that. (laughs) Because he's the one that keeps telling everybody what? Don't fear. Fear not. What does that mean? Stop it. Don't do it. Don't yield to it. If the Lord says, don't fear, what do we know? It's possible, right, for us to obey Him and not fear. It's a choice. And one thing you've got to understand, just because you feel fearful doesn't mean you've lost the battle. Just because symptoms and thoughts and, and, and all this kind of stuff come against you, that's where the fight comes in. It's an assault on you. You haven't lost the battle, but you must resist it. Don't yield to it. Don't just give up. Don't just throw your hands up. Don't just lay down and cry and feel sorry for yourself. What do you do? Fight the good fight of faith. What is it? Fighting against the fear and the unbelief. And you, I mean, open your mouth and say it right out loud when that kind of thing happens. Fear, I resist you. Leave me. Get out of here. Because the Bible says God didn't give us the spirit of fear. Well, you're resisting spirits. You're resisting something that can hear and has to respond to the mighty name of Jesus. Right? And, And you'll have to do this more than one time in your life. But that's that's not where it ended. There was the fear that they just yielded to and went into full blown panic. And then they open their mouth and they say, talking against Moses, it's because there were no graves in Egypt. You've taken us out here to die. See, we talked about that on yesterday's uh, lesson. The fear of death. Every time, the language we're reading, you're going to think when we read episode 2 and 3 and 4 and 5 and to 10, you're going to think you're reading the same one. Because they kept saying the same thing. We're all going to die out here. And they were so fearful of it. Well, we've already talked about this in Job 3. He said, the thing 
I was afraid of has come on me. And the thing I dreaded has happened to me. And that is the law of fear. Fear opens the door for the enemy. Fear is distorted, perverted faith. With faith in God, I'm expecting something good to happen. Is that right? From God, well, fear is I'm expecting something bad to happen. Expecting the enemy. I got, I got faith in the enemy to destroy me. And I'm expecting it to happen. Well, use your expector for something better than that. Is that right? I mean, you're expecting anyway. Go ahead and use it. And instead of talking about we're all going to die out here with the same breath and effort, you could say we're going to be delivered. God's going to take care of us, right? You you could call those things that be not as though they were. You could say, let the weak say I'm strong instead of talking the other. It's a choice. It's always a choice. They said, verse 12, "Is, is not this the word that we told you in Egypt? We said, leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. That's not what they were saying last night. They were saying, look at all this money I got. <laughs> they were saying, what does it feel like being a free man, huh? 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 Daddy wasn't free. Grandpa wasn't free. Great grandpa. What does it feel like to be a free man? But the first time there was a challenge, and then they want to blame somebody. Moses. You got us into this. We told you not to take us out of Egypt. We told you. Say it out loud. Disrespectful. Disrespectful. Unthankful. Unthankful. Unbelieving. Unbelieving. It's ugly stuff. And the Bible said they provoked God. Try to put yourself in God's place. I know this is a stretch, but you have moved heaven and earth to get these people out. You have handpicked the best spot around for them. You've already got everything planned for every victory, total victory and freedom for them. All they got to do just stay hooked with you for a little while and it's all going to come to pass. And you hear them saying, why didn't you leave us in Egypt? We told you to leave us in Egypt. See, they, they're talking to Moses. But you'll see later on that God said, I hear your murmurings that you murmur against me. And see, they were saying, they would say, oh no, God, we weren't talking to you. We're talking, about, we're talking about Moses. Yeah, but he didn't say that. He said, I hear your murmurings, which you murmur against me. You know, uh, uh, Paul, when he met the Lord on the road to Damascus, um, he was Saul at that time. And the Lord said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul was like, who are you? Lord, must be Lord. <laughs> What is this? They thought they were talking against men, but God had sent Moses and Aaron. 
And they, Moses and Aaron, were saying what God told them to say and doing what he told them to do. So when they rail against Moses and they're disrespectful against him, God takes it personally. Just like you are telling him, why did you take us out of Egypt? Why did you do it? We're all going to die out here. And God knows this is not even a fight. What's about to happen? We know. We have the, the, the privilege of reading the story. What's about to happen? They are not going to have to break one sweat fighting the Egyptians. They're not even going to have to swing a sword. Hmm? God is going to just cover them with the Red Sea. No more army. <laughs> just like that. Just like he's already... He sees in from the beginning. He's already got it all planned out. He's already got it mapped out. For who? For them. For them. And they are so disrespectful. So unthankful. So irritating. That's what the scripture said. He said, the Lord said, they provoked him. Repeatedly. And, and after 10 major times of this, he said, okay, you're going to get what you've been saying is going to happen. What's been coming out of your mouth is what's going to happen to you. Sadly, what came out of their mouth every time they needed something, death. We're all going to die. We're all going to die in the wilderness. We're all going to die in the desert. And that's exactly what happened to them. And when people say, well, I don't believe in all that confession stuff. Well, it works with you, believe it or not. It works just as effectively negatively if you got death in your mouth. Oh, but if you're smart. And we got smart people at faith school. Huh? We got smart people at faith school that use their words to speak life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Speak healing. Speak deliverance. Speak provision. Why not trust God? Why not relax? And see what Moses said to them when they said all that. Verse 12. They said, is this not the word that we told you in Egypt? We said, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. It had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Yeah, but the plan was never for you to die in the wilderness, dummy. It's you that keep bringing that up. God said, I'm going to get glory over this bunch. Just trust me for a minute. And then that's what Moses basically tells them in response to this. Because, see, they're pressuring him. The angst. The attitude, the disrespect, the, the unthankfulness, they're directing it at Moses. Why? Well, they can't get directly to God, so the preacher is the next close, best, the best thing. <laughs> Moses, we told you, leave us alone. Can you hear the angst, the fear, the disrespect, the, the unthankfulness? What are we looking at? Come on, class, what are we looking at? unbelief. Is it ugly? Can you see why the Bible calls it evil? And this is the stuff that will keep you out of the blessings of God. Now, I, I don't know how you grew up. People have grown up in all kinds of situations. People have grown up 
they, they watch their parents and people around them lie and manipulate and they actually turn on the tears and, and they uh, do manipulative things to try to get what they want and act pitiful and, you know, cry, I hope you'll feel sorry for me and that kind of thing. Friend, if you're going to walk by faith, you've got to get delivered from that junk because that stuff will rob you. It'll keep you out. You're not going to cry in unbelief and disrespect and the Lord feels sorry for you because he knows you know better. He sees right into your heart. He knows what you know. He was there when he showed it to you. <laughs> right? You may fool some other people, but you can't fool him. And he, all he wants you to do is make an effort to have some courage, have some strength, and dare, dare to trust someone who cannot lie. Dare to believe someone who has never, it's actually impossible for him to tell a lie. I mean, how much of a risk is that? <laughs> how much of a risk is it? Choosing to believe somebody that can't lie anyway. But you might say, well, why is it so complicated? The devil and the flesh. He is just bombarding people from every angle to doubt God, to question. And the flesh wants to be lazy spiritually. The flesh wants to just lay down and flop down and go, oh God, I can't take it. And, and you don't have to even try. But that's not acting like what you're capable of. You are capable of so much more. And God knows it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even if you've had a bunch of that junk in your life up to now, say it out loud. Raise a hand and say, Lord, deliver me, Lord, deliver me. from all of that junk. All that junk. I want to please you. I want to honor you. I choose to believe the God who cannot lie. I choose to trust in the God who cannot fail. I trust you, O oh God. I trust you in life, in death, with every breath. I trust you. Oh, hallelujah. Lift your hand. Say it again. I trust you. Oh, praise him just a moment. Lord, I trust you. I trust you. I choose to trust you. I will trust you. I will trust you. I will trust you. I will believe in you. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So if you're, you're making notes, mark these things down. What have we already seen about unbelief? Fearful. What else? Disrespectful. Unthankful. Come on, can you see these things? Are you, on, you already know three big ones to watch out for, right? Huh? We don't yield to fear. Say it out loud, I don't yield to fear. And I refuse to be unthankful. I refuse to be disrespectful to God, to His Word, to His people, to His leaders. I will show respect. I will have faith and miracles. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God! Oh yeah! Man, you never, you never had more fun than miracles. <laughs> 
We love you. Our time's up again today. Come back soon. There's a lot more to see here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390. 